Welcome to Trinity United Methodist Church in Duncanville, Texas. Today we continue the season of Easter and celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're also continuing our sermon series, Easter in the First Person. Today we hear the story of the disciples who met the risen Lord on the road to Emmaus. Join us now for the message, Cleopas, on the road to find out. Good morning and welcome to worship here at Trinity United Methodist Church in Duncanville, Texas. We're so happy to have you worshiping with us this morning, whether you're here in our sanctuary or you're at home with us on Facebook Live. You know, we're all journeying through life, meeting strangers on the road, but how do we know if we've met someone special? How do we know if we've met Jesus? Well, our message today is going to be Cleopas on the road to find out, so stay tuned for that. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, beginning with the 13th verse. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? And they replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel." Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near to the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning with us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and that he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road, and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. While they were talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. This is the word of God for the people of God. We've only known Jesus for about a year, 
We met him last year when he and his disciples had come down for Passover. We were introduced through our mutual friends, the siblings Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. We both live in villages right outside Jerusalem. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus about two miles east in Bethany, and we about seven miles west in Emmaus. My name is Cleopas, and my wife's name is Mary. Now, I know what you're thinking. It seems like all the women are named Mary. Now, that's not quite correct. But it is true that in our society, approximately one-third of the women are named Mary. They're named after Miriam, the sister of Moses. Uh, my wife is Mary. I also have a sister and a mother named Mary. Jesus' mother is named Mary, as well as Jesus' greatest benefactor and close companion, Mary Magdalene. And there are several other Marys among Jesus' disciples. Uh, we're all disciples of Jesus. Though Mary and I are not part of the Galilean inner circle that have been with Jesus from the very beginning. But from the moment we met Jesus, we've been mesmerized by his teaching and have hung on just every word that he utters. In his words, we have found love and light and hope and peace and wisdom. And listening to him in the temple, it's, it's like listening to no other teacher that we've ever heard. Just the sound of his voice can send this rush of warmth throughout our bodies. Now, so many others have found Jesus just as mesmerizing as we have. He seems to collect followers everywhere he goes. It's to the point where both religious and political leaders in Jerusalem, well, they're starting to take notice of Jesus, even though he's from the Galilean backwaters of Nazareth. There's even been talk that Jesus just might be the Messiah. That is, the leader anointed by God to deliver Israel. For 70 years now, we Jews have been under the thumb of the Roman Empire, and surely it cannot be God's intention to continue to let Israel be dominated by foreign powers. We began to have hope that Jesus just might be this long-awaited-for deliverer. Well, as this last Passover was approaching, word got out that Jesus would be entering the city on the preceding Sunday. So Mary and I made plans to be there in the crowd as he came into the city, and we could hardly contain our excitement. When the big day came, Mary and I lined up on the street just inside the Golden Gate in Jerusalem, and we waited there, I don't know, about an hour, and then we saw Jesus coming. And he was riding a donkey, of all things. Now, there's a tradition in our society that a returning king would ride into the capital city on a mighty war horse, but not necessarily a donkey. But just as if, he, as if he were king, people started to cover the road ahead of them with their cloaks. Some caught, uh, cut palm branches off the nearby tree, laid them in the road. So Mary and I also, we cut off some palm branches and we just we waved them back and forth in jubilation. Well, the jubilation didn't last. On Thursday, Jesus was arrested. On Friday, the Roman governor, Pontius Pilate, sentenced Jesus to death by crucifixion. The charge? Sedition against the state, that is, rebellion against Rome. There was some talk of rounding up all his followers as well, so we men went into hiding, and that left only the women to stay with Jesus until the end. While I and the others lay low, my Mary stood with Jesus 
uh, with Jesus's mother and her sister, as well as Mary Magdalene there at the foot of the cross. Friday night and all day Saturday, it was just a fog, it was a blur. Those of us who remain, we just gathered together and we tried to comfort each other as best we could. But the tragedy and the grief, it was, it was overwhelming. It was just almost more than we could possibly bear. And Mary and I, we just held each other close and wondered how we could have been so wrong. We decided that Sunday after the Sabbath that we would head back to Emmaus. We would go back home and find some way to put our lives now back together. So Sunday morning, exactly one week after Jesus had come into Jerusalem on a donkey, we gathered our belongings to go. And we were just about to leave when some of the women who had gone to anoint Jesus' body suddenly returned and they started telling a very confused and a very unbelievable story. They said that Jesus' tomb was empty, that the body was gone, and supposedly they talked to two strangers who said that Jesus had risen from the dead. Well, upon hearing this, Peter and John immediately left just in a sprint. The news of the empty tomb just left us more confused, and frankly, it left us even more agitated than ever. I mean, it was bad enough that Jesus had been killed, but now it looked like someone had broken into the tomb, desecrated the grave, stolen the body, and it also looked like that now some of the other disciples were actually starting to hallucinate. It was time to go back to Emmaus, and it was just, it was time to go home. Just as we started to go, Peter came back and said indeed that the tomb was empty, but he didn't see Jesus' body nor anyone else that might be confused for an angel. So we turned and just walked out the door. As Mary and I walked along the road to Emmaus, we talked with each other and we just tried to process everything that had happened during this week. And so as we walked and talked, a stranger came up beside us and asked us what we were talking about. And we stopped and we just looked at the stranger, hardly even knowing what to say. And so finally I said, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these last days? And when the stranger asked, what things? I just proceeded just to tell him the whole story. The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things have taken place. Moreover, some of the women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that he, they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. And some of us uh, who were there went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then a very surprising thing happened. Instead of scoffing at this unbelievable tale, the stranger actually started gently scolding us for our lack of belief. He then began to explain how all of the scripture had led up to this point. The Messiah's mission was not to save Israel from suffering, 
it was to save Israel and indeed the whole world through suffering. He opened the scriptures up to us starting with the Torah and then through the prophets and he quoted the Psalms at length explaining how they all pointed to this mission of the Messiah. Well, as we reached Emmaus, the stranger began to walk on, but we insisted that he stay for, with us for the night. You see, it's a terrible breach of etiquette in our society to fail to offer hospitality to someone who is traveling to offer hospitality for the night. So he accepted our invitation and came inside our house. As we sat down for dinner, another very peculiar thing happened. Even though he was the guest, this stranger picked up the bread as if he were the host. And then he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to us. And we knew we had seen this somewhere before, but where? And then it came to us, that's right, these are the very motions that Jesus had gone through that last supper he had with the disciples before getting arrested. And in that very moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we suddenly realized that this stranger was Jesus. We were in the presence of Jesus. And just as quickly, he vanished from our sight. We sat there for several minutes trying to comprehend what we had just witnessed. And then Mary turned to me and said, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? And at that moment, I suddenly remembered that the last time I had felt that kind of warmth in my heart, it was when we were listening to Jesus teaching in the temple. And so we knew what we had to do, even though it was now after dark. Mary and I started this seven-mile trek back to Jerusalem. And we found the other disciples. But before we could even begin to share our story, the other disciples blurted out that Jesus had appeared to Peter. So it was true. Jesus had risen. In amazement, then, we started to tell our story about how Jesus had been made known to us in the breaking of the bread. And we we're all talking excitedly when the most amazing thing happened. We we're all together and suddenly Jesus was there among us. And he said, peace be with you. Some of us were overjoyed. Some of us were terrified. Some of us were dumbfounded. And I suspect most of us felt all three things. It's been several weeks, ago, weeks now that this has happened, and Jesus has continued to appear to many of us off and on. And each appearance is just more and more amazing. One minute he's there, and the next minute he's gone. And we're still trying to figure out what all this means. When Mary and I look back on our encounter with Jesus on that road to Emmaus, we've realized that there were really several different ways that we could have recognized Jesus if we had just been aware. We were amazed, and now we even laugh about the fact that we should have recognized Jesus when he was opening the scriptures to us. I mean, our hearts were burning within us just like when we used to listen to Jesus teach before. Our experience then now has since then made us more and more want to learn about Scripture. When we go to the synagogue service and any part of the Scripture is now read, we think of Jesus. 
and we think about what he might have taught about this passage. passage and sometimes it's, it's almost as like the spirit of Jesus is now within us and we can almost hear his voice. And we certainly recognize Jesus in the breaking of the bread. He has asked us to repeat this last supper that he had with the disciples before he was arrested. So now we experience Jesus' presence whenever we break the bread and drink the cup together. But of course, we would have never recognized Jesus if we had not extended hospitality to the stranger. So now when we offer hospitality to anyone that we don't know, it's just like we're welcoming Jesus to be among us once again. It even reminds us of one of those parables that he used to teach, the one about the sheep and the goats. He said, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Truly, I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. I don't know how much longer we'll continue to see Jesus himself. He's talked about how he needs to go away so that the Holy Spirit can come upon us. As it is, our Jesus sightings have been fleeting and elusive. Maybe it's the case that Jesus is always walking beside us. It's just that sometimes we perceive Jesus and sometimes Jesus is walking incognito. Sometimes we see him and sometimes we don't. Mary and I know that the more we study scripture and the more we disciples share that bread and cup and the more we welcome the stranger, the more that we feel Jesus' presence we don't need to see Jesus to know that he's right there. But just the same, be on the lookout because you never know when Jesus is going to show up. Amen. Now let us, with the confidence that we have as children of God, pray the, Lord, uh, pray the prayer that our Lord taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. You can always find recordings of our service on our Facebook page, on our website, tumcd.org, or you can hear the audio recording on our podcast, Jane's Most Excellent Church Adventure. And so now receive this benediction. Christ meets us on all the roads of our lives, and so may our fellow travelers meet Christ in us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We hope you enjoyed and were blessed by today's service. Join us every Sunday here on Facebook Live at 11 a.m. Next Sunday, we continue our sermon series, Easter in the First Person, with the story of the Apostle Thomas, better known to us as Doubting Thomas. 
You'll find audio recordings of all our services on our podcast, Jane's Most Excellent Church Adventure. Remember that we're now worshiping both in person in our sanctuary as well as online. God bless you in the week ahead. We'll see you Sunday at Trinity United Methodist Church.